2: when Ryan's when it's time to begin it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes
1: sense of these things we see in the ring every week on tv it's rewind around
2: for monday night download a tuesday morning from the post wrestling site it's rewind around for monday night on usa now on the john and waiting take the mic hello and welcome to the first rewind of raw of 2022 i am john pollock joined by waiting moments after raw hours before wrestle kingdom and we're gonna squeeze in some talking hello way
0: hey john what's up how you doing uh, not too much okay that's it all right good Great. night everyone wrestle kingdom tuesday morning yeah yeah it's a very busy week here at post wrestling so Uh, And we're already off to a a, a busy start. I mean, we did a show on Saturday talking about day one. Of course, we return for our daily news updates today, which everybody can go and check out at youtube.com slash post wrestling or on our Patreon. We were joined, John, you and I by the pod father himself, Nate Milton, a late scheduled appearance, but uh, we, we definitely enjoyed having him as we tried to do our best to talk about the big soul Tony Khan story over the weekend.
2: Yeah, if you want to uh, dive into that interview, uh, Nate was was fantastic. I encourage people to go check out that chat. We spent about a half an hour on the subject. So, um, yeah, I think you will uh, yeah enjoy that discussion that the three of us had earlier today that also featured a preview for uh, the Wrestle Kingdom cards coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we're going to be back on both days with shows for post-wrestling cafe members uh, with reviews of each show. We'll have a show up Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but those will be in place of the post-daily uh, news updates, which will resume on Thursday. And we'll have our regular schedule this week. Tuesday night, Braden and Davey will be doing a show right after the New Year's Evil special of NXT 2.0. So they will be live at 1015 Eastern at twitch.tv slash Podcast. We'll have Rewind to Dynamite on Wednesday, the launch of the TBS era, and plenty more this week. Uh, I don't want to overwhelm people. We went through the schedule on the uh, on the news update today, but uh, we will have shows covering all of the major events this week, including uh, the Hard to Kill pay-per-view, the Battle of the Belt show on Saturday night, the New Japan versus Noah card, and Friday we'll be dropping the best of 2021 show with way and I making our picks along with Braden and Davey uh, going through all the relevant categories. So that comes out Friday. I think we have something like 14 shows coming out this
0: week. All right. Again, uh, we're making up for lost time. So if you've missed us, we are back in yeah, big time. Okay, we're going to
2: uh, dive into raw from Monday night to kick off the year coming off of day one. They were in Greenville, South Carolina and a huge focus of tonight's event way was the Royal Rumble, and I thought they did like a very good job of immediately sending your direction towards the Rumble and immediately establishing uh, competitors in the at least the Men's Battle Royal with announcements and setting up you know s- several key matches for the show as well. But I thought tonight's Raw had a really good direction with the Rumble, and I thought this was you know a a, a better than usual Raw to kick the year off.
0: Yeah, on the raw side of things it it really feels like their side of the card is already kind of flushed out. We even got a couple participants announced. At least on the men's side of things as well. I mean, we're about 4 weeks away from the rumble itself. I I feel like this is a bit early uh, for 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 the WWE.
2: You know, you got to uh you got to start that Dominic train running now, okay?
0: Mhm. Sure. Send
2: send Dominic.
0: Send Dom. Yeah.
2: Yes. So Uh, We got a, we started off the show and they were running through the matches that were scheduled and then the lights go out and there in the ring is Paul Heyman, uh, who I guess uh, got heavy into the tanner.
0: Holy Christ. I I didn't particularly notice was, was he, uh, uh, you know, maybe he, he spent his, uh, you know, winter holidays. um, I don't know, at a resort somewhere.
2: Uh it could be that. Yeah, but this this was enough that if you uh walk by this man uh by the makeup area, your words would have been hey man, easy. <laughs> so yeah. he is there and he is back. He is back as Brock Lesnar's advocate. He introduces Lesnar as his client and Lesnar comes out with the championship, tosses the steps inside the ring for his own podium and he stands atop these steps as uh they give a shout-out to Roman Reigns, and Brock refers to himself as the real champion and wishing Reigns a get-well message. And then thanks, Heyman, for advocating his free agency, pulling all of the strings to get him into the match on Saturday. And Lesnar will defend the title at the Rumble against the winner of tonight's Fatal 4-Way involving Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley. And Heyman explains that Reigns is vulnerable Without his special counsel, and one week without me, he's already
0: got covid so so are we to believe that Heyman was like you know making sure that everybody was staying six feet away from Roman he was making sure that he's wearing the appropriate mask, and that uh you know maybe maybe Paul Heyman's falling around with like hand sanitizer all the time, and he's the reason why you know Roman's managed to avoid covid up until this point uh maybe. Maybe
2: um Paul Heyman was up on the C D C guidelines and that was helping Roman Reigns travel throughout the country for all this time. And then one week without Heyman, he catches <laughs> COVID and says, You can get over the Rona, but karma is kind of bitchy.
0: Okay. Yeah. What what are the C D C guidelines for karma? Um it's <laughs> it's seasonal. A, uh a vaccine for karma? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: don't don't fire your uh, your associate here. He runs over all of the... Uh, then Heyman goes through all of the members of the Fatal 4-Way and specifically like going overtime here, putting over Bobby Lashley, noting that he's never faced Lesnar and goes over the three points where Lashley got the better of Lesnar in the match. He speared him through the barricade. Lesnar hit an F5 to everyone except Lashley. And then he put Lesnar in the hurt lock And it didn't look like Lesnar was going to escape. But he notes in all three instances, Lesnar was blindsided. And that if you are able to beat Lesnar until you're able to beat Lesnar fair. And face to face, you're just a Brock Lesnar wannabe. And then moves on to Big E and said, we have nothing bad to say about Big E. He is a credit to WWE. We respect him. And it would be an honor if we could face him in a match at the Royal rumble. And I was very interested to see the handling of biggie on tonight's show. And by the end of it, I would say that your, your optimism would be that he will be a key member of the rumble match, but it certainly feels like he has been taken out of the title picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least for the near future. And we wonder beyond that. Um, I, I can, you know, just speaking about the, the Paul Heyman promo here. I mean, I think there was a real concerted effort to, make sure that he you know that biggie wasn't just going to get lost um i thought haven in this promo tried their best to emphasize the fact that he was a great champion and that um he does belong at this top level and you know um that he's not just sort of a flash in the pan somebody that we forget about but somebody who's to be a respectable champion All that said, though, I mean, the promo itself was, I think, very much done to kind of weigh the audience's favor towards wanting to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, which I thought Heyman did well here. I was also really interested to see, like, how the Brock Lesnar that we've kind of grown to love at this point, the one who kind of speaks for himself, how he would be paired with Paul Heyman and... I think the answer is that it's very much like how they do Bobby Lashley and, and and MVP the the current Bobby Lashley, who's you know gotten a lot more comfortable speaking for himself as well. You have you know the Lashley, I mean Brock Lesnar saying a few words, and then you hand the mic off to Paul Heyman to to do the heavy lifting. And I'm I'm a little disappointed that we're not going to see a continued progression and evolution of this version of Brock Lesnar. This does feel like a bit of a retreat from what we used to see between the two, but. You know, who knows if this was all going to be the direction after um, day one or if they had to change a, a lot of things based off of what happened.
2: I really think this is going to be very short lived with uh, Lesnar and Heyman. This is not a long term like those two as a baby face act. I, I do not see that as a long term thing. And I, I would say coming out of tonight, I is think this a
0: baby face act.
2: I mean, it's certainly, I mean, they were very complimentary towards, like, Lashley and towards uh, Big E, and they ran Heyman down Rollins that.
0: and Owens. Yeah, Heyman's known to do that, though, like, even as a heel, he'll put over the opponent.
2: Well, I, I I, see Lesnar and Lashley going in, like, this is going to be not so much a babyface heel dynamic, it's going to be presented as, like, th- this dream match, because uh, Bobby is almost already a babyface, and I think everyone's taking Lesnar as a babyface, and I certainly saw that as the direction here with Heyman. Uh, but I, I also see, like, uh, I, I have a much higher probability, I see, of whether it be Heyman screwing Lesnar or somehow getting the title onto Lashley and we go back to uh, two separate titles on two separate shows. Uh, I, I see a lot less of a chance of, your, of Lesnar keeping this title till Mania after the setup tonight and just where it looks like things are going.
0: Yeah, I can probably see that as well, you know. And and, and if that's the case, I, I I don't really see an issue with any of this. If anything, I think this increases my interest in the Rumble. Like Lashley versus um, Lesnar to me is 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 a is a WrestleMania worthy matchup. You know, may probably maybe more attractive than whatever they have cooking up for WrestleMania. Actually, like uh, the idea
2: so- of Biggie retaining on Saturday, and let's say they were going to go say Biggie and Lashley at, at the Rumble. Um, I I think that this. They were able to take a major uh, curveball on Saturday and turn it around and I think they deserve a ton of credit for how they booked themselves out of saturday and I think came we, we don 't know the obvious comparison of what the plans were, but I find this to be a really compelling way that they got around this. It seems like it was a big shot in the arm to raw for sure that was evidence tonight and You know, you can certainly see like Big E was a bit of a casualty of this, but I think we have to kind of see how the Rumble goes. And Mm -hmm. he could very well be paired with Lashley coming out of the Rumble or or even further going towards Mania. But I I think they did a really great job of how they handled this Um, with your main event falling apart on probably a couple of hours notice that they realized their main event was was throwing out the window with the plans that they had.
0: I think so, too. I think so, too. I mean, again, to me, though, much of the that criticism will, will fall upon how biggie gets booked. But, you know, one of the mo- most interesting aspects of this whole thing in professional wrestling is the unpredictability of what real life might throw at you and how that will affect a fictitious storyline. And oftentimes, I mean, it results in something actually being better than it was and and hopefully that you know and this was one of those cases um I, I i certainly feel like whether or not it was you know always the plan they've definitely managed to set up a good comeback story for bob uh biggie that could culminate timing wise for a wrestlemania championship win but so much of that is dependent on their follow-up and you know how much the audience wants to see biggie get that title back
2: so th- then we had like this um, this snafu where they go to Randy Orton in the back and Riddle walks up to them and just looks at Randy. But then we cut back to Lesnar and Heyman and we go to the commercial break and then we come back and we just redo the Orton Riddle uh, with Riddle approaching Orton. So just um, something you don't often see uh, WWE where it was just like going to a shot too early.
0: What What happened here? It was weird. Yeah, they went there. And then they almost like had a false start, it, yeah, like right?
2: like riddle didn't even get out any like verbiage, they just cut to Heyman and Lesnar leaving the ring. And then go to commercial. And then we, what was weird was when we came back from break, they didn't just decide, okay, just be together because we already saw Riddle enter the room. Instead, we had to do Riddle coming out of the shot a second time. That just really called attention to this was the some error that we had here. Instead of just, they could have just been in mid sentence or something, or at least already together because we saw that established before the break.
0: Yeah, it was very strange.
2: So, uh, anyway, we continue here. Uh, Riddle wants to put together a rap group with Randy and his fish, Swim Shady. They go over their resolutions that include listening to Randy more. And Randy gives this speech, and it ends by him saying, Our name is... What? Our name is... And for you 1999 Eminem fans, this, I'm
0: sure, struck a chord. It seems like most of their rap references were um, 90s-based. I mean, that sort of is the golden era. But, I mean, it also is fitting with the demographic that watches this show. Is it not? They probably could have gone further. They could have gone to the 80s. Um,
2: Yeah, maybe they didn't go back further enough. Uh, so, Gable and who, who, Otis... Who,
0: who, uh, something I realize is that Riddle and Madcap Moss essentially have the same gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> they they both tell terribly unfunny jokes but one is done you know for heat the other is somehow um done as a baby face thing so um, i don't know take your pick
2: uh yeah i think i think one has does have the better delivery uh with it but i i i can't say these are characters that i i count down the week until i get to to see on each respective show Randy Orton and Riddle took on Otis and Chad Gable Gable comes out <laughs> Don't boo education. That's gross. He yells at the audience. Uh, He kissed Otis on the cheek and said that they are going to learn the meaning of acceptance. They're going to have to accept that their title reign is coming to an end. And I guess no one informed Gable and Otis that this is a non-title match, so they don't have to accept anything. (laughs) And Chad referred to himself as Master Gable, and this is... And the four most dangerous letters in sports entertainment are O-T-I-S. <laughs> I find Gable yeah, I amusing think. the more mic time he he gets. Sure. Master Gable. Master yeah. Gable, yes. Uh, so they got... There were some very short matches on um, the first two hours of this show. Uh, this went all of two minutes and 53 seconds. You won't believe what an RK-Bro match broke down into. They got the heat on Riddle. And then... He's working his way to the took the corner, and Gable yanks Randy off the apron so we don't get the hot tag. riddle fires back with a flying knee and he goes for the r k o Otis blocks it and hits a power slam, pinning riddle and they are going to have to accept that they have lost a non title match and you lose too many of these, you might have to defend those titles,
0: yeah, maybe we're you know two non title losses away uh from actually getting this one, but Sure, whatever. It set, sets up your next challenger. Is really continuing a story that they've been you know, working on for the past couple weeks now. I mean, the Street Profits won that RK-Broniment thing. Oh, God. They they won it, but it really the story and the feud has not revolved around RK-Bro versus Street Profits at all. They've been building this uh, Alpha Academy thing with RK-Bro for quite a while, and it seems like we're culminating with a match coming up. Did they say when? No. Presumably the Rumble, but, you know, it could be a TV thing. I All I don't really get is, I don't know, you know, I, I felt like it was a really clever thing that they did with Otis always avoiding the RKO uh, because he's got no neck. And yet last week, they just extinguished that by having Orton RKO this guy to win the match. Yeah, I would no have reason. held
2: off on that. That was kind of like an intriguing... Aspect to this this story was like the RKO, like save that. And and maybe a week ago, they were not going this direction with Alpha Academy, and now they are. But I agree, they kind of just uh, threw that
0: away last week. Yeah, for a TV moment, like really for nothing.
2: Sarah Schreiber was with Lashley and MVP, and Lashley says that Lesnar fears him. We had a lengthy video on the history of Omos and AJ Styles. Kevin Patrick interviewed Omos, and... Omos just put his hand over Kevin Patrick uh, like he was Andre.
0: What's really silly about this is that, like, they do these teasers, right? Where they before they go to commercial, they show that oh, we're coming up next, we're gonna hear Kevin Patrick talk to Omos. So we know these two are standing next next to each other making and, small talk. Then they go through a commercial. They go through like a, a backstage uh, interview segment with MVP and Lashley, and then they come back to Omos. And the first thing Omos does in response to a question is to put his hand on kevin patrick's mouth so Omos waited like, 15 I, I don't minutes. have time for this Omos <laughs> <Almost> waited 15 <laughs> minutes standing next to kevin patrick just to you know put his hand on his face which uh, you know just just i think makes him look kind of silly yeah i mean that was a long wait for
2: that to- yeah for that burn could you he really wanted that burn i'm not interested in being interviewed <laughs> kevin okay we'll 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 make do <laughs> Okay, then there was something called a 24-7 championship mixed tag match where Dana Brooke and Reggie took on Tamina and Akira Tozawa. So if Dana gets
0: pinned, she loses her
2: 24-7 title. You got that?
0: Okay, so anybody can... Oh wait, anybody on the opposing side can pin her. Yes. Okay. But sure. she
2: was never tagged into the match. Yeah, so... That's a smart way to protect your title, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm, sure.
2: So... Dana Brooke and Reggie I guess they figured hey we're teaming up we should really have like a routine when we come out and Reggie's like well what do you want to do uh what if what if I dance well Dana can you dance well watch this the answer is no she cannot dance this was um I don't want to myself make a dated reference but this was like every level of Elaine Bennis that you could imagine as she came out here it was um. If the gimmick is she has zero rhythm, she nailed this. She came down and then ran and did this handstand on the apron and then comes down as Reggie is running towards her but has to stop. This is the first time I've ever rewound an entrance to figure out what is happening.
0: I mean, she, you know, her Wikipedia lists that she was a former gymnast or at least has done gymnastics before. So you figure maybe some some element of a... I don't know. Well, a gymnast um, isn't a choreographed dancer. movement.
2: But um, anyway, it was quite the entrance. Reggie never tags in Dana. A Tozawa misses a boot and nails Tamina, so she's upset and slaps Tozawa, who then takes a running cannonball splash from Reggie. In a minute 13, Dana Brooke retains her title without doing anything.
0: No, no. Um, Yeah, this was a low-quality time fill segment. Uh, Like all the 24-7 segments are. You know, it's at the point where the crowd doesn't even respond to these anymore. So, whatever. Becky Lynch is in the ring. And she says that...
2: Everyone has hope at the beginning of a new year, regardless of their past failures. All the women have hope of becoming the Raw Women's Champion, but they won't win it. And... Becky has realized that she has become a work of art. She makes you feel because that's what good art does. And fine art reveals the truth. I am the Vincent Van Gogh, And she runs down all of the people's hopes for the new year. And that includes all of you trying to get out of South Carolina. Liv Morgan promised to win the title, but she broke her promise on the very first day of the year. So Liv comes out and makes fun of Becky's jacket and calls her delusional. She says, no one is harder on myself than me. And I know how close I came to winning that title. And I did. (laughs) She explains that she did not promise that she would win the title. No, 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 no. Her promise was that she would give it her all. Mm-hmm. And leave it all in the
0: ring. And that's exactly what I did at day one. I so, feel like okay. most New Year's resolutions end up that way. you know, No, you no, 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 goal- no.
2: I didn't say I was going to lose weight. Yeah. I said I was going to think positively about losing weight. And therefore, I did it. Sure. Good enough. So that's it, guys. She won at day one. Becky says, well, maybe one day you'll be Raw Women's Champion once I retire. So Bianca Belair is coming out, and she says no one is buying Becky's hype. I took a do-drop detour, <laughs> and now I've allowed others time to catch up, but now I'm back in line for big-time Bex. And Liv takes exception to this, asking if Bianca can uh please go back and continue her detour. And Becky suggests, why don't you two figure this out between you and let me know which one I'm going to have to face. But the two gang up and attack the heel, two on one. And then Air and Morgan get into a fight. Air goes for the KOD, but it's stopped when Becky returns and she hits Air with the manhandle slam. So I've got to say, uh, Becky Lynch kind of <laughs> just played these two, I thought. Like, at the end of this, it was like, Becky Lynch, I was like, wow, she's just uh, checkmated these two.
0: I mean the the moral of the story is to not get distracted I suppose uh when you're in the in this in the ring cuz you know somebody pays attention to somebody else and you're going to get attacked yeah but um, well,
2: Liv's goal might not have been to get the best of Becky Lynch during this segment so let's let's rem- let's right. wait for her explanation yeah. of what happened
0: Yeah I mean um you know it I it, it, to me it's painfully clear that there are only two viable stars in the women's division on this show, and that's Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I mean, everybody else is... is there's such a far gulf, you know, in terms of uh, who is actually ready for that top spot of even main eventing. You know, again, I, I, I think li- they, they've they really done their best with Liv Morgan. I think Liv Morgan herself, uh, you know, true to her resolution, I think, left it all in the ring and, and pushed herself to a different limit. Um, but you see the, the promo that she's able to cut, and then you see somebody like Bianca Belair come out, and deliver in such a such a more charismatic way you can unfortunately like really kind of see the divide there and unfortunately there's no one else to go to because ultimately i think the destination is going to be Bianca versus Becky at, at WrestleMania but in that time you're going to have to play musical chairs in whatever way you can to try to create a compelling matchup and that includes maybe two ways or three ways and what whatever so um yeah we'll see who gets the next one maybe it'll be do drop
2: well, I, I too assumed like Bianca is probably like you revisit that at WrestleMania, which I was surprised that they had her involved with Becky at this point.
0: So maybe it's just a reminder. You know, we don't know that she'll be getting the shot.
2: Yeah, I, I would say, though, the way this came off tonight, like they're going to do the three way next week. I think it'll be a big disappointment because I think I think people are going to be very disappointed if it's Liv Morgan for a third time. And it like you need to, to do. Well, it's not going to be do drop. I don't. Well, I guess I guess anything's possible. But um, anyway, Kevin Owens finds Seth Rollins in the back and Rollins is contemplating what he is going to do to Paul Heyman. The options are staple his lips shut, rip his tongue out or castrate him. Good luck. That's uh, none of these options were exercised by Seth on this show, thankfully. And Owens says, I think we should just go back to our original plan for the Fatal 4-Way. We work together. One of us wins. Then the other one will help the other win the title. And then the two of us will have the match at WrestleMania. Seth says, I love this plan. And Owens asks if he's lying. This this sounds so simple.
0: You know, they're, they're constantly kind of teasing the two heels, trying to over-manipulate the other. But... I mean, they they were proven both to be very truthful in the match itself. I mean, they They were allowed They did not screw one another. They worked together. They allowed the other to get the pinfall, cheering the other on even. So they were... They were... They're both very trustworthy men.
2: There you go. Harry and Marv. Queen Zelina and Carmella defended the women's tag titles against Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. So... (laughs) We had a common theme on this show because this was the match where uh, Vega worked the entire thing and Carmella never entered the match. So Nikki was in at first, then tagged in Nikki, and that allowed Vega to get control. And then she stopped a fireman's carry by Nikki and rolled up Nikki, pinning her in 234 after knocking Ripley off the apron and Ripley was too late to make the save. And Rhea is getting further aggravated at this partner of hers. That can't do anything right. And Corey Graves called it a one-sided victory.
0: Might not have been so much aggravation, but more like maybe di- continued disappointment. You know, this this is a story that I feel like has already gotten out of the starting blocks. But because it's it's kind of been, uh, I, I guess, off of TV or at least not necessarily been mentioned for a couple of weeks. This kind of just felt like a refresher. Just they had to kind of refresh the disappointment. Um boil <laughs> to 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 set the breakup in motion again i suppose they teed
2: up johnny knoxville in the royal rumble by noting that he once fought butterbean in a grocery store that was in uh, i think the first jackass movie when they mentioned uh this next person once fought butterbean i thought i thought we were getting Bart gun in the royal rumble
0: yeah do you think that would ever happen
2: Probably not.
0: I, he's I think not that recognizable these days. I don't
2: think anyone would recognize him if he made the. He's not going to get the surprise pop. He would
0: among some people. Nor do I think he he'd want to. I feel like uh, he's plenty happy without all this.
2: I mean, uh, the Rumble cameo spot. It's an easy night's work.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. But um, yeah, sure. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if like the there's that much nostalgia for for Bark Gun. <laughs> uh, we're gonna find out if there's nostalgia for uh, Johnny Knoxville here. I, 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 it depends on the stunt you know honestly like the bars set pretty high for cele- celebrities so i i'm flaming table has to be come on
2: is it is this going to be uh who, who's going to get to eliminate johnny knoxville you, you know, know maybe
0: butterbean o- will be will be will come out and know oh, butterbean would do it out.
2: i'm thinking maybe omos does something with johnny knoxville
0: okay sure they can do something fun
2: The Street Profits uh, come out and they cut a promo earlier. They are both entering the Royal Rumble. And then Ray and Dominic enter the Royal Rumble. And Ray says they're going to be unstoppable. (laughs) We'll see. They didn't let Dominic talk here. This was uh, was like the tag match scenario. They only let one, one person carry the load here.
0: How much time did they have?
2: They had 30 seconds. But hey, Dominic could get in like a line. I
0: think he said, gracias okay dad, so
2: well thank you dominic the street profits took on apollo cruz and commander aziz and uh aziz started this match and um i don't know i, I didn't think it was great uh, and then he tagged in cruz to Who, finish who's off better
0: aziz or omos
2: i put aziz ahead of omos although tonight like aziz the timing seemed really off at, at the beginning of this that aziz was here and i i would say we we'll get to the omos match but um that's a very difficult question
0: might be a question for uh not this week but the week uh later for our our worst stuff
2: so Dawkins is in he uh hits the silencer but then Aziz pulls Dawkins off Aziz gets uh posted on the floor so Dawkins returns Spinebuster tags Ford who hit an incredible from the heavens and one huge huge length there two minutes and 18 seconds the street profits win
0: you know, just a bit of a rehab win for uh, the Street Profits after the RK-Bro loss last night. Um, and, and just a way to serve up the Rumble announcement, I suppose. Schreiber...
2: Oh, this was this was uh, rich. <laughs> Schreiber spoke to Damian Priest. <laughs> I'm going to recap this as best I can, but I promise you, this was the message he had. Schreiber explains that Damian does not have the champion's advantage tonight because if he loses by countout or disqualification to Dolph then he loses the title. And this does make sense because he has lost by countout and disqualification to Ziggler on prior weeks. Damien says, Everyone knows there's this side of me. And if I can keep the calm and cool side, the priest side, then I'll beat him. Or I will beat him with the rage of Damien. Regardless of which side comes out, I'll still be champion. What? What? What in Christ? How do you? How do you take these words and acknowledge? I'm going to say these on national television. Like could you just imagine talking like this way.
0: Oh boy, yeah, I I, I couldn't even try. Um, it's it's an incredibly corny gimmick, I think, by modern standards. You know, like being so deliberate with with this Jekyll and Hyde thing. Um, (laughs) it's not like it's just it's
2: such a WWE thing that okay we've got this guy who's got like this this split personality so Mm -hmm. let's do a promo where he like literally breaks down the two sides of me it's like we've got to just make it so painfully um like presented Dumb. to you on like a silver platter of like this is exactly what we are doing this is the subtlety hey, folks oh, here's and how that, i do the magic trick
0: and if that wasn't enough like let's let's make his titantron and his name tag two different fonts and two different colors so that you know exactly what's going on here i mean this this is as becky lynch has said like they're they're the masters of subtlety right um, sarcastically, of course. Like, this is, it's, it's just what the WWE does. I will say, I, I mean, I thought whatever they tried with the gimmick worked tonight with this crowd.
2: Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the match because, yes, it, it did work. Uh, Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville are speaking in the back when Dewdrop walks in and she's pissed that Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan are getting another chance for the title and complains. And Pierce is asking, What are you complaining about? Are you deaf, Grandpa? Everyone is sick of the same women getting chance after chance. And I demand, demand that Dewdrop gets her first chance. And Deville does not bring up the fact that her last win on TV was October 18th. Instead, she says, We don't just give out title opportunities around here. Yes, you do. We just yeah. saw that on Saturday. What
0: the fuck was the point of the Bianca Belair feud? If, like, you, you know, Do drop just ended up getting a title. She lost, like, anyway.
2: every match to Bianca Belair, and her, her punishment for losing those matches are, we'll have a three-way next week with you, Belair, and Liv Morgan, and the winner will get Becky Lynch at the Royal
0: Rumble. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, it was only a detour, right? So I guess it doesn't really count in the record books. Well, it turns out
2: it's a U-turn, as our most, (laughs) the rematch philosophy here. Damian Priest and Dolph Ziggler for the U.S. title. Jimmy Smith, God bless this guy, he decided to explain this from his point of view. He says, guys, hear me out. This is almost like a triple threat match. Because Damian Priest is not just facing Dolph Ziggler. He's also facing that other side of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
2: yes jimmy it's a triple threat match it's davian versus priest versus Tom ziggler. <laughs> i just i rewound i'm like did i hear this right oh my god anyway ziggler uh kicks off the barricade and ddts damien on the floor so you've got the announcers explaining he could get counted out this could change the the title so we go to break at the count of one. The the first time when a countout could actually mean something substantial. We go to the commercial here. We come back. Guess what? The title did not change hands. Priest takes over, and then he's climbing when Bobby Roode appears and knocks him off the turnbuckle. And this leads to a famouser for a big near fall. And at this point, they really got this crowd with this near fall, and with this uh, this interference by Bobby Roode. The close up on Damien's face, reveals that Damien has arrived. And his eyes are just fixated on Rude. He goes to the floor, he grabs a chair, and he goes to use it, but he hears the referee counting, and he's got to make a decision. Either give this man a concussion or roll into the ring with the chair. He makes the right decision. And with the chair, Ziggler's bleeding. Hit me! Hit me! And Rude is on the apron, so Priest turns around and blasts him with the chair. He turns around, zigzag, another big near fall, and they have got this crowd at this point. Ziggler goes for a super kick. It's turned into the reckoning. Damien wins, or should I say, Priest wins, as Jimmy Smith says that he kept the darkness
0: at bay. The dark passenger is contained. Right, right. So you know, on the one hand, I think we have just something that... I mean, I, I ultimately feel like they are trying to craft this show for to make sure everybody understands it, including... I don't know, the seven-year-old that might be... The the five, year old that are actually watching the show. Yeah. And maybe it's the 60, 70-year-old as well that has trouble following. You know, hey, is Cody Rhodes a heel or a baby face? Like, is, is Cody Rhodes walking through the right tunnel? That is the other extreme, where you have no idea what exactly is going on, and you have to study so hard. And some people might prefer that, but that is not the type of storytelling that WWE has been known to do. Um, instead, they might go too far the other direction and to make sure that, you know, everybody understands what's going on. And I, I, I will say, at least in South Carolina tonight, I think everybody in that room understood what was going on with the character. And they got into the near falls. And I think they got into some of the teases of, you know, the, the you know, rude with the chair and, or, sorry, a priest, you know, hitting Dolph, getting DQ'd with the chair and all that.
2: Yeah, I, I thought, I listen, the the match worked. Um, I could have, I, I think it's a... It's a character that I think ultimately they, um, it it will work for Damian Priest in this uh in this environment because I think they love this kind of stuff. Um, but they can go way too far with it, and I think that will be more so the norm with this guy. That will feel okay. We we can, let's go a step further with this.
0: It it'll work for a certain audience, but it'll also be a turnoff for people who I think seek a a bit more, you know subtlety and, and nuance in, in their professional wrestling
2: well this is probably not the show for you yeah um the question would be is he a babyface? is he a heel or is he a winner
0: <laughs> well currently he's a winner i suppose that's yeah. all that matters right this post wrestling podcast is brought to you by nerd Wallet's smart money podcast financial literacy can be daunting but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with on nerd Wallet's smart money podcast
1: new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Vince McMahon is on the bat phone and Austin Theory is back and he apologizes for entering and Vince says apologies are a weakness. Austin wants to ask about his rematch with Finn Balor that never happened last week and Vince notes that they haven't seen him since that attack that Austin delivered two weeks ago. And Austin found a different way to beat him. Expect the unexpected. And he surprised Finn. And Vince has a surprise for Austin. He's entering the Royal Rumble match and Austin Theory will get to face the champion of his choice at
0: WrestleMania.
2: Now, the most noteworthy thing about this segment is that they did a multi-camera shoot here.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if it was simply because, hey, it's it's the boss, you know? Like, let's pull out all the cameras we have. Let's get, like, five cameras on this uh, office meeting. Or maybe um, we, maybe we got a few takes and we just pieced this thing together so it made sense. That, you know, that's probably the more likely scenario. Um, who knows exactly what's going on with these. All I know is that they are... I take everything back I said about, you know, this show not playing with subtleties. Because these are some of the most subtle um um you know uh, neither these this, are
2: nonsensical way they are well, not uh, alluding to anything
0: deeper <laughs> i i believe they make sense to the person who's in charge and that's vince himself somehow in his own brain somehow like i think he's trying to communicate something here but to the rest of the world including austin theory i don't think any of this stuff makes sense they are consistently some of the worst segments on the show um, and, and that's what the man in charge of it all. So I don't know what that tells you about the whole, <laughs> the whole product itself, but they, these continue to just kind of, I don't know, linger in like, what have we gained here? What have we gained?
2: I I don't think Austin theory is over one iota as a result of these or this, uh, connection with Vince McMahon at all.
0: Yeah. Like has, has the airtime even necessarily benefited him? Like these are only what, like one minute long segments. Um, like exposure is, is that worth anything? Um, like when, I, when Vince is just kind of chastising and yelling at you and calling you an idiot.
2: Yeah. I, w- I would say exposure is one of those arguments you make uh, to defend something that you really have no- nothing tangible to, to glean from the positive that, that has come out of this. It's like, Oh, he's on TV with Vince McMahon. Cool. Um, I think these segments are brutal. The Miz and Maurice, or as Jimmy Smith identified them, Edge and Maurice, and he got corrected. Uh, they're out they're out in the ring, and Miz had Edge exactly where he wanted him and was about to win the match and gain everyone's respect. He's a two-time Grand Slam champion, while Edge is only a one-time Grand Slam champion. <laughs> then his wife showed up. Edge deserved to lose at day one. They recapped the wedding vows and says at day one, Edge hid behind his wife. What kind of a man does that? What kind of a man relies on his wife to fight his battles? And this was pretty, like, I I enjoyed this, and the crowd was, like, screaming at him. I thought, like, he just played them terrific. Uh, Maurice then lists off all of Ms's attributes and why she loves him, and if Beth Phoenix was here tonight, I'd punch her right in the face. And with that, out comes Beth Phoenix. They played her music first this time, and she came out, followed by Edge, And we have a husband-wife tandem pose here with the pyro. I liked it. Cool. I also like Beth's new look. Yeah, she's kind of got almost like this, like, uh, bull Nakano hair. Yeah, yeah, like hair up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a cool look. It's cool. Uh, So they enter the ring, and Beth welcomes Maurice to try and punch her in the face, but Maurice declines. Edge knew that Miz would not take the L. He's a hypocrite, and Beth does not fight my battles. And she explains it was all her idea, and they are willing to give them what they want. Edge proposes a match at the Royal Rumble between the It couple and the Grit couple.
0: <laughs> that works the for gr- you?
2: The Grit couple.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Let's workshop that one. Yeah.
2: And uh, Miz goes on and on about Maurice's accomplishments before finally accepting. And Maurice is very upset that he has accepted this match. And then Phoenix balls up her fist, and Maurice takes a fall in fear of Beth Phoenix. So they are going to do the match at the Royal
0: Rumble in St. I thought crowd reacted pretty well to this, you know, as as I expected. Like, they, these intergender matches between real life couples always always do well, and I I don't I don't have no doubt in in that stadium, um, the audience will react really well to this as well.
2: Now, will we get a skit with Miz and Maurice, like they did for the the Total Bellas spoof a few years ago?
0: Oh, okay. Making what would a, the skit be? Oh,
2: they could be like you know. In like a log cabin somewhere, as like lumberjacks, believing like that's where Edge and Beth
0: Phoenix live out in the woods. Sure, yeah, we've already seen the inside of Edge's house.
2: We have, we have. They have orange juice, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Stuff to build upon. a bit.
0: <laughs> not much. Not as much as a uh, total Bella's. To really not as much with.
2: material there. No. Yeah. Kevin Patrick spoke with Biggie, and Kevin says the odds are. They were stacked against you at day one. How motivated are you to win tonight? And Biggie explains that being champion meant a lot to him, and it meant a lot to a lot of people. There is no shame in losing to Brock Lesnar, but we don't get kicked and stay down or wallow in self-pity. We make sure our next chapter is our best chapter, and I can right all the wrongs tonight and start my path to reclaim what is mine, and I'll be damned if there is a soul on earth that can stop him. Uh, I, I thought this was like a welcome promo from, from Big E. And so often we see when a champion loses. And the worst thing is when they are booked in such a manner where it's nothing. And they just, they they don't care. You don't care. And instead, you know, this was like a strong Kofi promo Kingston. from Big E.
0: Yeah. Kofi Kingston, you know, his own partner. Yes. I mean, uh, the, I think the biggest example of of somebody who... Really had a, gave us a very unsatisfying reaction to a major, heartbreaking championship loss. Um, even, so, even though you did observe way that time he was
2: squeezing something in his hands
0: out of anger, people looked way too deep into that. Then I think, oh, they had guys, he's mad. Yeah. Oh, they're building something here. You crushed the cookie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just you wait. It's, it's all a build to the rum uh mania. I mean, we could be doing the same for this, but I I, I will say this was a very very important um on camera appearance for Biggie the first reaction to his championship loss and I thought Biggie uh, he gave us a lot of emotion here you know he gave us a lot of subtle emotion when i say the show you know is not really known for his subtlety there are certain performers who definitely break that mold and i would consider biggie at least in this instance one of them where i think he had to put on you know he conveyed that he had to put on a brave face but you can tell internally he he was really struggling with the loss and it, it, it came across in this interview um this to me felt like the the first page of a great comeback story but the question is if it's biggie telling it himself or if the company is the one doing the writing and um again you know in in the weeks to come the follow-up will really be telling about what the long-term plan is for this guy or if he'll just kind of fall back into the upper mid card
2: yeah i mean it's very evident that if you are slotting people on Raw, like Bobby Lashley is ahead of Big E, but the reality is, like, their babyface situation, they cannot afford to not have a Big E, like, beyond WrestleMania. Like, and maybe this will sound silly come the summer if we look at where he is slated, but man, this is a company that desperately needs babyfaces. Bobby Lashley is not your youngest performer. um, And Big E, it's, like go through the baby faces on both shows and they, they desperately need people that I, I think they, they cannot afford to have a biggie just being somebody in the middle of the pack and doing nothing.
0: Sure. Yeah. Be, but you know, like do you expect them to be sort of at a, a Drew McIntyre level on, on the SmackDown side of things? Somebody who's not necessarily a champion, but is kind of in that space.
2: I, I think the rumble will tell the
0: tale. Um, If you are putting the title
2: back on Bobby Lashley at the Rumble and then squaring Lesnar off with Reigns for the build up to Mania. uh, Yeah, I do see Big E being like a a big featured player on Raw going into WrestleMania um, unless you have something to to pull out of left field for
0: a Lashley at WrestleMania. Like what are your options on the Raw side? That's a great question. Yeah. You know, a lot of that I think will come down to Big E's performances in these weeks without the championship. I think you can make the argument that he's more interesting chasing as a babyface than he is somebody who's defending. So these several weeks will, I think, be really important for him to garner that fan appreciate uh, fan fan interest in in wanting to see a comeback story. And uh, yeah, like who depends if anybody else catches fire in that time between now and WrestleMania. So now
2: it is time for AJ Styles and Omos. Delayed a week. The bell rings and Styles is telling him that he loves him like a brother. And Omos just holds up his hand to point out how tiny little AJ Styles is. So AJ attacks with leg kicks, catches Styles with a boot, and then throws AJ, whose ribs go into the post under the bottom turnbuckle. And AJ is just coming back with strikes kicks out of the corner. He goes for the phenomenal forearm but then gets caught and he snaps Omos's neck on the on the top rope, goes for the phenomenal forearm and just gets swatted in the chest, tossed off the shoulders, tree slam and Omos wins in 3 minutes and 47 seconds.
0: Mhm. Right. Yeah, just like that. You know, it's not a pay-per-view match. It's it's a raw match that ends in 3 minutes between these two former partners, but I, I can't really say I'm all that surprised. I, th- I think this is at least the outcome that we all expected. It's oh, consist- definitely, definitely. It's consistent with the booking of Omos and AJ and the diamond dy- dynamic within their team. He was always the competent, competent one. He was the muscle and AJ was always sort of the fall guy who relied on and hit behind the giant. Right. So, um, but you know, the question is whether or not this continues, if this is just, you know, first chapter in, AJ somehow coming back and maybe taking Omos to a 10 minute match mm. uh next time before ultimately losing again or if this was it, it like you, what you think this is it John between these two
2: I I given how many weeks before the rumble I could certainly see them doing the rematch but I don't think this is building to something larger like I I see Omos being a major force in the rumble and I imagine mm-hmm. he's going to I am just they have put so much into this guy that I think they're going to push him very hard going into Mania for something big this year. So, What what do you see him doing at Mania? I do not have an answer for that.
0: Because I feel like, I mean, long-term storytelling, like if if WrestleMania is still the place to culminate all your stories, I mean, you would think it would be an AJ match or at least some version of a rematch between these two that's a bit more competitive. Would it not?
2: Mm, I I just don't see them building this to something bigger. When, When this is how you... Like I think this was very indicative of that. Like AJ was, AJ had nothing in this. I think this was more so just to write off the, the the tag team, and maybe you come back and do another rematch. But I think it's going to be a similar outcome. Maybe we'll see. Then we go back to September at Extreme Rules when Charlotte Flair tore up Lily, and Alexa Bliss has been gone ever since. So next week on Raw, Alexa Bliss's journey back to Raw begins. And my bigger question is what happened to Veer's journey that apparently took him to main event instead of Raw last week?
0: He got lost. Well, (laughs) Found main event instead. I hope
2: that Alexa Bliss is not on the same journey back. She may never get get back here. So it looks like um, some vignettes with Alexa Bliss. And it looks like this is going to be several weeks uh, before she... Maybe she returns at the Rumble.
0: Yeah, and we wait to see if, if this is... Uh, Lily possessed Alexa Bliss or if she'll be doing a different gimmick.
2: Lots to look forward to. The main event is Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Big E. And Lashley is dominating the match early. That leads to Chance of Bobby. Crowd is getting behind this guy in a big way. He goes for a spear to Owens but misses and crashes through the barricade. Big E then hits Rollins with a belly-to-belly on the floor. He clears the desk but the urinagi gets stopped by owens and they throw e into the post and bury lashley under the barricade before power bombing biggie through the table for the commercial break Uh, we come back and owens and rollins are working together but then lashley and biggie recover and they chase them up the stands into the concession area where owens is put through a concession table with a urinagi from biggie we go to another commercial break we come back they're still fighting in the crowd and it leads to Kevin Owens hitting a dive off a balcony onto all three. And this crowd is very into the match at this point. These four uh, worked incredibly hard. I I think all four of these guys, and you can throw in Lesnar there, like they really stepped up in a big way on, on Saturday and continued it on, on Monday night. Like the... You know, the the pressure was on them. It's like, you guys need to be the main event of this show. They had an incredible sprint on Saturday and worked super hard tonight.
0: I think all four of them are awesome as performers. Um... Uh- and yeah, like you put them in any sort of situation. I'm sure on the house show circuit, they kill it whenever they they have to work together. Uh, on short notice, with Brock Lesnar suddenly being added to the match, you could always depend on them. And in a lengthy 20 minute match that spans across the entire arena, you can always depend on these guys. Uh, it was a spectacular dive from Kevin Owens.
2: So in the ring, Owens hits a swanton on Big E, followed by a frog splash from Rollins. Big E kicks out. And then he stops the stomp attempt, and they needed two tries here to get Big E up for the pop-up powerbomb. It just seemed like the, the timing was off on the first try. Lashley returns. Rollins then stops a big ending, leading to a spear on Big E, a spear to Rollins. And then Lashley stops a stunner and gives a final spear to Kevin Owens, who eats the pin. Bobby Lashley is your winner, and they really put this over as a dream match between Lesnar and Lashley for the Royal Rumble in a
0: couple of weeks. Mm hmm. Yeah, really good match. I really enjoyed the false count or not false count anywhere, but the no DQ aspect that took him through the arena, making this match very different from the one we had last night. Uh, wonderful dive from Owens. And, you know, the finish of this was one that, you know, like you weren't on the on the calls. uh, But somebody brought up a really good I think it might have been Hansi. Like somebody brought up a great question about why it had to be Big E on Saturday taking the pinfall when you're in a multi-man match. And it could have as easily been Rollins or Owens taking the pinfall. Makes me wonder if maybe because they knew Owens was going to lose this 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 week. I mean, maybe they thought, oh, OK, we can't have him lose twice or somehow Rollins needed to be protected. I don't know. But I would suggest that Big E needed the protection. But maybe they're they're trying to, you know, have Big E lose so that they can come full circle with, with him actually beating Brock Lesnar, perhaps. I mean, that would be an interesting WrestleMania uh, thing. But, I mean, that's probably not in the works because of the Roman situation. But anyway, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm sorry I'm rambling here. But anyway, all of this makes you wonder what the original plans were and what got changed in the last minute. Um, But I'm happy that we have Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley as at least, you know, one of the outcomes of this, because it's it feels like it's a really big match, especially with the way that they built Lashley
2: yeah I mean, they teased it on Saturday, and it clearly is a direction everyone wanted and they did a great job tonight of of leading you in that direction, like the promo from Heyman, it really did just set set the stage that okay it's it's going to be Bobby Lashley with the outside chance of Biggie. And mm-hmm. and led the audience in that direction. And when you got the Bobby chance, I think it was very evident that that it worked. You got the outcome you wanted. And it feels like it's a fresh match. It feels like a big match for the Rumble. And I also like the the different scenarios that you have here. Like you have Heyman in the mix here. That this could all be a plot with Reigns that gives an out for Lesnar to lose. And then you get the title back on Raw. Um, there's, there's different ways you can go about this. And it ended with Kevin Patrick in the back asking Lesnar for a comment who was a lot more accommodating than Omos and told him, I will see Roman Reigns this Friday on SmackDown. So not only Lesnar on SmackDown, but they're obviously confident Roman Reigns will be back in time for Friday's episode of SmackDown.
0: Yeah, which was a great sign. I mean, hopefully it's just that he's healthy and on on the mend. So, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar making rare Triple appearances in one week.
2: Yes. So there you go. That was, uh, that was raw. Um, certainly it had some of its, uh, its typical raw staples, um, that will scratch your head. But all in all, I think the direction for the Rumble, uh, the four way main event, uh, Priest and Ziggler, like what they got out of that, like I, I think that that certainly worked for the crowd that I, I came out of this episode of raw and it seems like the, the the change of uh, of events that went down on Saturday like they I think they came out of it in a in a better position and have got kind of their focus for the rumble and it made for um, a fast moving show that largely was enjoyable
0: whether it was because of the folk added focus that they had to put towards their plans because of the Roman situation, or maybe it's because it's the rumble. It's a serious show. They're trying to book for a stadium. They kind of have to make sure that they get all their ducks in a row, uh, whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, I, 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 yeah, we, we should commend them for uh, uh, overcoming the very low bar of, you know, at least giving us the impression that they have plans in place for four weeks ahead. Uh, of of schedule so little victories little victories yeah so in that sense this was a positive raw
2: yeah so let's go to some feedback uh before we sign off here and maybe everyone completely disagreed with us tonight um well there's only
0: one so there you go everyone's asleep for wrestle kingdom uh you want me to do this john sure you take it we got a Brett in Vancouver, our lone piece of feedback, who says, I never get the post feedback because, frankly, I never watch live. I just wanted to touch on the Becky segment. Am I the only one that sees both Bianca and Liv as the heels here? This is supposed to be pro sports. Liv has lost twice to Becky. Being a plucky loser doesn't make you a baby face. Bianca has lost to Becky multiple times as well. Becky comes out looking for a new opponent, and the two women she stopped most recently are the ones that think they're contenders. If only there were some sort of ranking system. Well, okay well to be fair i mean wait was the second becky um bianca match or the third one or whatever the the one that bianca lost last did did becky win clean for that one she had, remember she
2: had grabbed the bottom rope i think in the last They they had the crown jewel match but that was where she pinned bianca as i recall with sasha on the
0: floor and grabbed the bottom rope was that their last match you know i kind of forget but um i don't know if they think about this either i mean Hanzi in the chat room is saying that she cheated in the last match and it was on raw okay so i'll take your word for it and from what we saw last night i think she was maybe supposed to cheat that's right that's right they did the super long match on on raw um after crown jewel and at least in Liv's case i mean i you know we we suspect that maybe becky was supposed to get her foot on the ropes for that pinfall but we're we're not exactly sure um either case uh, that that was clearly what was
2: the, the, the aim. And listen, it's again, we, we talk about, you know, uh a curveball throwing your way and making the best out of it. Well, they got presented with this. It did it most likely did not go as planned, and I think you had to build tonight's promo around something else other than the way it came off, which I agree with, <laughs> Brett, where Liv right. comes out and she just is like <laughs> complaining about another loss and there was no controversy on on saturday's yeah but
0: she 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 achieved her new year's resolution john so i think that deserves another change left it all in the ring you're right so (laughs) do drop i have no explanation for that like (laughs) Like, she's accomplished nothing there's nothing
2: (laughs) there's nothing there's no argument there's nothing to pluck out of out of time and space to make logical sense of why she would be inserted into that match other than um you know it's uh she live live Liv and do drop are on losing streaks and um bianca isn't and they're all on equal footing
0: just knew what I, yeah yeah
2: so we are going to sign off um of course we are back on tuesday with our wrestle kingdom post show and uh tuesday night is the new year's evil card and just a, a quick glance at the the card Tommaso champa against Braun breaker do you think that this is going to be uh bronze coronation or are they going to hold it off a little longer
0: God, it's so interesting. I mean, it still feels really early, I have to say, for Braun Breaker, unless they, they want to fast track the guy's, you know, ascent to, to the main roster. But this is also a second attempt. Can we necessarily see Braun Breaker lose twice to Tommaso Ciampa for somebody that they booking been booking so strongly? Um I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on this one, but I'm I am i I'm actually probably I'm gonna lean towards a title change here. What about you?
2: I'm I think Ciampa somehow retains here, but it's done in such a way that uh, unlike Liv Morgan, Braun Breaker does have this match one and it'll build to like your third match where it's like Braun puts something up and it's like it's clearly designed as this is it. This is going to be my last His last name. Yes, I will lose. I will drop. (laughs) I will break from Breaker if I lose one more time. I will just be Braun. If I lose
0: or um, maybe they do a 30 minute draw
2: hour draw, I, I don't think we're getting an hour draw on, uh, on on Tuesday night. But if you saw the video package last week, I thought it was brilliant the way that they they took Chompa's promo and said how you're inexperienced. You had one mistake and they showed him where he legitimately tripped on the turnbuckle like, what a great use of something that, okay, this was a mistake. It's only a mistake if we don't benefit from it. It's like, here was something, we're going to treat it like a gift, and we worked it to our advantage. I thought that was so smart to, to weave that into the story.
0: Now, no, Here's there this are no,
2: inexperienced guy who made a slip-up, literally.
0: There are no mistakes in pro wrestling. There are only you know story elements you can use to at a later time.
2: That's right. When Riddle walked into the shot tonight, it was it was a real gift real, if they had really uh, just real stuck gift, with it. Yeah. Mandy Rose, Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade for the women's title. Uh, Mandy Rose, the uh, the despicable heel who challenged both women, although did explain that she chose both of them because she knew that they would uh, implode with one another. And she'll just, I guess, um, pin one of them in the the hmm. aftermath. Um, I, I don't know what this match is going to look like, to be quite honest
0: i don't know either um all three i think very different performers but a- another big test for Cora jade you know clearly i think the you know one of the projects that they have to really they're really throwing her in the fire this girl like putting her into a war games match and then into like a championship match and a three-way no less so I, I i i almost get the sense she's kind of playing like you know, like she she's like a fish out of water, like she's the every person, you know, in there with with kind of these giants. But uh, we'll we'll see how she does. I, I don't see a title change here. You know, Mandy Rose just won it and she's all over the advertising. She seems like somebody who's going to have a pretty lengthy reign.
2: Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes, uh, they've made it clear the winner will be recognized as the North American champion. So this looks like the. Uh the elimination of the cruiserweight title and i 205 assume, dead 205 dead and i see Carmelo Hayes moving forward with this championship i think that's what uh Roderick Strong is here to do and pro- hopefully have a really strong match with Hayes
0: yeah yeah i think the outcome is is you know pr- pretty predictable here but yeah the, the the match itself i this could be the the match of the night i mean well actually no, the tight team yeah,
2: yeah sure. I'm really high on this six man MSK and Riddle against Eichner, Bartel and Walter. Um, this should be tremendous. I think mm. this is going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, no mention. Um, they showed ads for it, but like, uh, yeah, no, no, no real cross promotion, I suppose. From the You're right, because they,
2: they did mention the fact like AJ is going to be on the show tomorrow night. And they they made no big deal of that tonight. Like, I don't think they even mentioned that in any of the ads tonight.
0: I I I at least like I only saw like these generic New Year's Evil ads with Mandy Rose.
2: Yeah, that's all they aired was the generic ads. And for this week, like you have a concentrated card uh, and you have AJ showing up to confront Grayson Waller. But they they may. And, you know, they got a bump in the number last week. And I I completely can attribute that to like Waller being on Raw the night prior, uh, like it seems like they're more invested in these crossovers,
0: clearly, with like Riddle wrestling on this show. Mm. I mean, I suppose they, maybe this was a night where they felt like they had too much other stuff to cover and, you know, NXT sort of... Um, well, just the commercials, like,
2: like like build the commercial about like AJ shows sure. up, like just the those generic ads. Like, what is that selling you on?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but lost in all this is the fact that Walter will be making his return to NXT. He will be a part of a Imperium. And man, just even Walter against Riddle or either MSK, I, I I think those will be some great interactions. His appearances are always electric uh, anytime he's on NXT. So I'm looking forward to that a lot.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this show. I don't know when I'm going to watch it. I don't know how I'm getting through these next couple of days of uh, waking up extremely early, but uh, I will make a point to watch this at some point this week.
0: And Braden and Davey will have you all covered. Twitch.tv slash up next right after the event or, or subscribe to their podcast feed and you can get it in the morning.
2: All right. With that, we are going to say farewell. We will be back in just a couple of hours with a whole review of Wrestle Kingdom once again for members at postwrestlingcafe.com.
0: It's the beginning of the month, everybody. It is January 4th officially. We are not only giving you one Wrestle Kingdom review, we're giving you three of them this year. Can you believe it? And 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 this is maybe a good time to remind people, uh, for s- the Saturday show, that's not going to be on New Japan World. Right, John?
2: No, it's not on New Japan World or Wrestle Universe, and it's also not on Fight TV. So if you want to go uh, to my Twitter, I did put out the link... On the New Japan site of how you order this, I would definitely not wait to the last minute. Uh, do go through these instructions of how to order it on the Abema app, um, because you have to you have to buy coins and then what? Yeah, it, it, listen, it, it, I looked at it, is it, this it. Chuck E. Cheese. It does not look super complicated, but it also does not look like uh, something you're gonna just do in two minutes if you have never ordered off of this site before either.
0: So get your ABIMA dollars um, and you can spend them at uh, the Noah versus New Japan show on Saturday.
2: Yes. So um, that, that'll that be your, your first obstacle is how can I give my money for this event on uh, on Saturday? Uh, so that is it, folks. Uh, very packed week. It's a great week to jump aboard the Post Wrestling Cafe. We will have plenty of uh, Patreon and regular shows uh, coming up all week. So go check out postwrestling.com. And follow way zero nine three seven. He'll definitely not follow you back. But what an entertaining follow that will always it's quality. It's not quantity of tweets. It's quality of tweets. And that's all that I want out of Twitter in 2022. So goodbye.